And just like that, Episode 9 of Air Power Podcast is officially up. We're here at the Titusville Air Show, Titusville, Florida. Haven't been back in two years. Seems like we're on the two-year rotation, but that's okay. And I told you guys I could be doing a lot more of these podcasts and try to do one at every air show. We're going to try to do two, possibly three here at this air show. But um, ironically, we're here in the parking lot of the Holiday Inn because you all know how much of a parking lot bug I am. And you're going to find out why here in a little bit. But, however, big news out of Titusville is that the XP82 is not coming this weekend, which I was looking forward to seeing. Uh, everybody else is looking forward to seeing, but unfortunately they're having oil pressure issues. For those of you out there that are doing all the all the internet trolling and all that kind of stuff, they're having issues with the oil pressure on the on the left engine. Thankfully, it's the engine that turns the conventional way, if I remember right, something like that. Anyways, it's not the, the hen's tooth bat engine. But anyways, they're going to fix it. They're sending it out to our friends in Vintage V12s in Tatchby, California, and they're going to get it back running the right way. However, tonight... I'm joined by several interesting people, but by far one of my favorite air show families that I've ever had the ability of, am I a part of your family? I think I, I technically am a part of your family. Uh, hailing, hailing from the Razorback state of Arkansas uh, and also holding down, like, look, if this was a high school classroom, we would be holding down the Y section of our homeroom, okay? So, uh, uh I don't know about you, but I always hated it. But so you're like, okay, we're going to do this in alphabetical order. You're like, fuck, really? <laughs> like, just once in my just once in my life, I would love to do things in reverse alphabetical order. Anyways, Mr. Matt Yunkin, uh, if you have not seen him and you're a hermit, you live under a rock. Uh, air show performer extraordinaire comes from a long line of legacy air show pilots flying the Twin Beach. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Talk about a little bit how he got into it. Uh, and we'll we'll section off to to his uh, very lovely better half that uh, is also involved in warbirds, um, also continuing our our women in aviation theme for sort of like I, I don't know fucking eternity it seems like the past couple episodes we've been talking about women in aviation because dudes in aviation is just boring and nobody ever has had a dude in aviation month so anyways without further ado ladies and gentlemen Mr Matt Yunkin. And and since we're outside, the mics are probably going to have to be sort of it's it's on. You can you can just speak right into it. It's don't eat it, don't don't eat it. Hello. Yeah. yeah no one's going to come back and say Roger. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Hey, it works. <laughs> but but Matt, it's good seeing you. You flew well tonight. We had the night show at Titusville tonight, uh, and you ended quite possibly with one of the most interesting endings to a demo I think anybody could ever had. We have it a Delta four rocket launch towards the end of your demo. Well, thank you, Scooter. You know, I planned that the whole time. You know, I figured I needed, you did. I needed something to top my uh, bringing a thunderstorm into the night show at Oshkosh a couple of years. I know ago. we, we still haven't, and we still haven't excused you for that. Well, you know, they always this is a say step in the right direction. You, you want to be remembered for doing something. Well, I brought the thunderstorm into Oshkosh and tonight I, uh, I coordinated with the uh, National Air and Space Administration to uh, to uh, get this rocket launch uh, scheduled around my uh, event this evening that uh, that I had planned with the. Uh, you were by far, and ladies and gentlemen, while while we're speaking about uh, actual things that happened, you know, when Dos Equis decided to come out with their beer and hire this dude off the street, 
they sent this guy, this peasant, they sent him to Arkansas to live with Matt Youngkin for two weeks to pick up his mannerisms and actually like what he does on a day-to-day basis because he is the most interesting man in aviation. I've come to find this out from you. Well, I appreciate that. I actually sent that Dos Equis guy home with my crew chief, Jeff, and I think he's still there. He probably is. I, uh, I wouldn't put it past him. I would not put it past him. Yeah, there's no telling what they're doing up in the woods these days. But, uh, <laughs> oh, the Ozarks. Oh, the Ozarks. But without further ado, so you're flying your Twin Beach. Your Twin Beach is a warbird. That's correct. And it's, I, I was corrected today. You know, most Twin Beaches are C-45s, which it technically is, but yours is a little different. Yeah, mine was an AT-7 navigation trainer during the war. Uh, it spent the duration of the war, well, from 43 when it was manufactured to 45 at Houston Army, uh, I'm sorry, Ellington Army Airfield as a navigation trainer. And then uh, after the war, it was acquired by the Civil Aeronautics Administration, which later became the FAA, and was used as a flight check airplane to check instruments approaches across the country. So nowadays they're doing it with King Airs and Convairs and all this other kind of kind of crap. So they used to use your your very airplane to check ILSs, instrument landing system, and NDBs. I'm taking it from from back in the day. That's correct. Wow, wow. Which is exactly what your airplane sounds like. Uh, and you put out, you know, your your airplane is a is a special type of twin beach because when you go upside down, yeah, granted you're in the experimental category, doing what you're doing, but yes. not just any twin beach can do that. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, the early model beaches are better equipped for that. Yeah. Uh, there's not a twin beach uh, around or that was ever manufactured that somebody didn't roll over in the middle of the night. <laughs> but, uh, but well, Walter Beach is known for that. Yeah, this airplane's actually licensed to go upside down legally, and we do loops and Cuban eights and point rolls and all that stuff. And it's and it's by far one of the easiest looking, I should say, very very rhythmically, gymnastically, if you want to call it that. Uh, it's a beautiful routine. You know that. Thank you. I and people have said it. that before. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that puts out as much smoke as you. All four aeroshell aircraft don't even put out as much air, uh, as much smoke as two of your 985s that are on this thing. <laughs> But uh, your night show, how, what, when people, we, we try to give people pathways into, into warbirds, if you will. Wh- what is the pathway to get into a twin beach? Meaning, like, let's say money is no object and you have the ability to do it. Like, where do you start? So you start with a tailwheel, single-engine airplane, and then you go to what, I should say? Well, uh, a T-6 is a good transition for anything on the market. And, uh, you know, Twin Beach is a heavy, it's a heavy tailwheel airplane. It's got a lot of mass and a lot of momentum. So if it ever tries to get away from you, getting it back can be a challenge. I'm uh, sure. Do you have a steerable tailwheel or no? No, it's a locking tailwheel. Okay. So it's like flying an early T6 then. That's correct. Wow. And you have also flown a T6 quite a yes. bit. So, you know, and your father, the the, the late Bobby Yunkin, who uh, is, is a legend in this industry. Absolutely. Taught you a lot. I mean, you were under his you were under his his tutelage ever since you were a kid. You probably had a pretty interesting childhood. I did. That's uh, that's a fact. So um, everybody. So I, I pulled some of our some of our our close friends. We're like, hey, look, we're going to have Yunkin tonight on the on, on the podcast, uh, sponsored by Monkey in Paradise Premium Vodka. For those of you that uh, haven't heard, it. we have to at least say it once a podcast. I mean, there you go. We have some Monkey in Paradise, thanks to. Thanks to Matt's friends. We appreciate the, the support. 
And uh, Alex, he said he wants to buy uh, 2%, so I'll send you the invoice. Uh, anyways, um, you will you tell us a story about a certain animal you had as a, as a, as a child, as a caretaker, I should say? Well, I had a guinea pig growing up. Okay, it's not a guinea pig. Slightly bigger than, slightly bigger than a guinea pig. Well, let's see. We had. Yeah, my grandmother sounded a lot like that when she was backing away from the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. Yes. So, uh, but however, you had a pet lion growing up, like a real no shit, not a stuffed lion. You had a real like it would eat you lion. Well, it didn't eat me. I'm still here. Uh, well, so. I know that, but I mean. Well, no, we we did have an. African you might have fed lion. at hobos. I mean, <laughs> we cannot confirm nor deny. We did have an African lion growing up. I'll be dead. So, how the hell did that happen? Well, my dad saw um, an ad in the Big Nickel, which is our local uh, trading post, that said lion cubs for sale. So he got in his twin beach and flew up to Caney, Kansas, and later that evening he came home with a lion cub. Just as simple as that. In Arkansas, at least at the time, you didn't have to have a permit to breed them unless you were going to breed them or show them. So, uh, anyway, he decided he needed a lion, and we ended up with one. I'll be damned. And uh, when he walked in holding that cub, my mom was sitting on the couch reading the newspaper, and she looked up at him and said, just where are you and that cat planning on living? (laughs) That cat. I don't think he answered right away, but... uh, it was evident about a week later that uh, he and the cat were both going to be allowed to stay at the house. Okay, and and the cat's name was Samson. Correct? That's correct. And not very many people grow up with a real life Simba. That's that's unique. So when what did you learn to fly in? What did you get your private pilot's license in? Well, I learned to fly in a J three Cub. Okay, and then on my what horsepower? That's key. Uh, this was eighty five. Nice. It's yeah. a rocket ship. It was a yeah. rocket ship. Yeah. Really nice airplane. People fly Cubs. They're awesome. They're cool. Yeah. Do you still have this Cub today? Yes. Yes, we do. It's key, folks. That's yeah. key. It's a good airplane. But um, I actually soloed my grandpa's Travel Air 4000 biplane on my 16th birthday. How cool is that? That's one of the in best January. looking. It's one of the best looking biplanes. Yeah. In January. Is. Wait, it's open cockpit in Arkansas. Yeah. It Burr. was 19 degrees outside. Burr. Yeah. Wow. I had a snowsuit on and several layers <laughs> under that and my uh, Springdale High School band jacket on. There you go. Oh, yeah. And uh, anyway, I went around the pattern once with my instructor. Well, that day we obviously had been flying it quite a bit over the, few, uh, the months leading up of to course. that. But uh, I made the worst landing I've ever made in my life. <laughs> You're a good I kid. Mean, That's fine. <laughs> and uh, I, it was mains tail wheel and then back up in the air and then kerplop stripe to stripe and i got it gathered up and turned off in midfield and he said all right let's go back to the hangar i thought well crap i've screwed this up this kid's ready and he got out and said just bring it back in one piece i said i can't believe you're going to let me go after a landing like that and he said well we would have gone all afternoon until it until you made a landing like that so i was sure you were going to be able to get it back and, uh, what do they always say? It's not it's not the landing, it's how you recover from it. Exactly. So. And sure enough, uh, I lined up on the runway, and I ran the throttle forward and thought, well, I can still back out. 
starting to raise the tail, and I'm still thinking I can still back out. The next thing I know, I'm flying. And I thought, well, I'm well, committed now. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. So, anyway, went around the pattern, made the nicest landing I'd ever made. There you go. And uh, that was my first solo. Man, that's uh, the, the 4000 is one of those biplanes. I'm not a big biplane guy, but that's something that's on my bucket it, list. It's a wonderful airplane. It flies terribly. I see. But, you know, back in... In 1928, when this thing was manufactured, they didn't know how to make airplanes that flew right, so they made them pretty, so they'd sell a lot of them. Well, it and, is certainly uh, beautiful, that is it for is. sure. I that think is. it's the most beautiful biplane ever made. I I would agree with that. For biplanes, I mean, like, I'm a staggerwing guy, too, especially, but that airplane for golden era tandem seat aircraft is, if you guys don't look at this, look, you're probably listening to this on a computer or an iPhone. Go to Google, type in Travel Air 4000. You're welcome. Just... Try not to try not to lose it when you see it because it is a beautiful airplane. Um, so then you transitioned from a a, a J three to to what? Did you fly a Decathlon or anything like that? Or no, no, we didn't have one of those around at the time. But uh, um, I did the majority of my flying in the J three to get my license, and then we also had a access to a Cessna one hundred and fifty for the instrument stuff. Very cool. Okay, I finished up in that. Very cool. And then when I was 17, I got my multi-engine rating in a twin Comanche. Oh, which that's twinky. I still think to this day is the most beautiful flying twin I've ever flown. Everybody that's ever flown a, a twin Comanche has said that it's a nice, nice behaving. It's fast. It's economical. Four seat. You know. Absolutely. And did you know that little twin Comanche knowledge for those of you out there? And if you guys don't know what a twin Comanche is, once again, Google it. We're just trying to trying to educate you guys on airplanes here. If you put every low presti, knots to you, and uh, Texas Aeroplastics mod on a Comanche, if you added up all the knots you would get, it would be about 700 miles an hour. Just so you know that. About that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it's 700 knot Comanche. So. So. Well, that's good to know. I won't. I won't so, make that mistake. Yeah, please don't. No, but you have a twin Comanche now. I do. I do. I was able. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to trade my RV for a twin Comanche. It's been two years ago. And uh, anyway, it's a wonderful airplane. Uh, my wife's from Northern Iowa, so we use it to fly She's back. She's a corn-fed girl. To, oh yeah. She's a corn-fed girl. So. Fly it back and forth to see her family and uh, other places. It's a wonderful way to get around, and she's going to get her multi-engine rating soon in it. And, there you uh, we'll go. go from there. Continuing the women in aviation trend, ladies and gentlemen. So, but that's that's awesome. So you flew a Twinkie, and then did you go in? Did you go into Twin Beach right after that? No, I I got to fly a Twin Beach one time with my dad. He was checking somebody else out in it, and I asked if I could get some time. And he said, "Well, you be here at eight o'clock in the morning, and uh, when we're done flying with this guy, I'll see if I can put you in the seat." And uh, sure enough, I was there. We rode around, and this guy. It, it took a while. We got him all checked out. There you go. And then Dad put me in the front seat, and I'd never flown anything that sat that high off the ground. And so we went around the pattern once, and I was just starting to feel for the gear when we crashed. I mean, we hit really hard. And uh, he got in the middle of it and salvaged it and then gave it back to me for the rollout. And I never got a chance to redeem myself after that. That was my one and only Twin Beach experience. I'll be damned. And then after he passed away, uh, the same instructor that taught my dad how to fly and also wrapped up my initial flying skills uh, in the travel air uh, checked me out in the Twin Beach that I'm doing aerobatics in. 
and uh, it's an incredible airplane. Well, I had the opportunity to fly with you at Owensboro, and I have to say that you and that airplane are definitely one one entity. We always say that you know you never strap into an airplane; you always strap it on. Well, you sir, certainly do. Um, well, I appreciate that. We get along pretty well. Even though, even though you fired me, I did fire. Well, actually, I didn't get a chance to fire you. The air boss did. No, the the jump master did. If you yeah, remember, that's so right. to let you guys in on this, Matt graciously was like, "Well, if you do you have much Twin Beach experience?" I said, "No, not flying wise." He's like, "Well, come on, you're gonna go with me. We're gonna drop the jumpers out. You're gonna be my you're gonna be my right seater." I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was like, "Oh, cool, we're gonna watch dudes jump out of an airplane." I actually had to work people. Like he was lucky I was sober, and and like this guy looked at me and yelled at me. He was like, "Hey, you look at me and give him directions." I was like, "You want me to tell Matt Yonkin where to go in the Twin Beach?" Okay, this is going to be great. Yeah, He's that like, was your job. Yeah, you know? no one told me that. Well, you're up there taking selfies. <laughs> I you're was supposed to be watching the jumpers. I but the selfies were epic, dude. There was, oh, a, there was an engine like six inches from my face. It was great. Yeah, well, I was like, "Look, this is the closest formation I'm going to have all day." The guys in the back I'm fine with Jim Tobel. He doesn't fly that close, so. Well, that's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. But anyways, long story short, it was it was just it's interesting seeing you know, professionals how a professional is made is hours and hours of hours of beating on something to make it your craft, and you certainly do it well. Uh, I do not, so I'm going to stick to single seat, single engine fighters. Uh, okay. Well, yes. That- that's good for you. Even though that out of all the classic airplanes, the 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 old the old Twin B has uh ha, ha, definitely has the lines. That Twin Tail airplane's a good airplane. So here on Air Power Podcast, we like to ask the question, and and I already know what your answer is. But there's stipulations, just like anything else, just like any dream. There's stipulations to this question, and you're getting the same question, so you better listen up. So. If you can fly any airplane from history, now wait a minute here, you can fly any airplane from history for the duration of the gas on board, any airplane, I don't care how logistically pain in the ass it is to fly, you get to fly it, all right? But at the completion of the flight, you have to surrender all your certificates and you can never fly again. You cannot even fly first class because that's too close to the pilot up front. So what's it going to be? A Grumman Hellcat. I knew it. I knew you were going to say Hellcat. You and I have had this discussion about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. But why a Hellcat? Oh, I've been in love with a Hellcat since I was a little kid. Uh, I built a plastic model of a Hellcat with folding wings and a retractable gear while I was watching Flat Top and of Flying course. Leathernecks yep. and uh, Midway and Tora, Tora, Tora. Yep. And all of the other classic World War II movies. And it's just always been that airplane for me. And as you know, the F-6 was a direct the reason why the f6 came around was because of the illusion zero that they found and they essentially had a fly-off in 1942 of a, of a zero and they said okay how do we kill these things yeah. efficiently so the hellcat was the zero killer they made it to essentially whatever the zero did well the hellcat will do better other That's than true. fight slow and it's and it's its kill record shows that. You know, the Hellcat has the highest kill-to-loss ratio of any aircraft out there flying. That's a fact. So. Uh, there's actually an interesting story about a Japanese ace that got shot down by Hellcat because he mistaked it for a uh, Grumman Wildcat. Oh, so he started he, fighting it like a Wildcat. Yeah, it's exactly. a big mistake. Big his, mistake. His deal was he would uh, get this airplane to chase him, and then he'd go uphill. And as soon as the Wildcats had run out of energy, he'd just hammer off the top and shoot them down. 
as they were free falling backwards. And uh, as he was just fixing to turn the corner, he saw the Hellcat out of the corner of his eye that was still climbing after him, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. Those 650s will end your, end, end, end your time pretty pretty, pretty well. You know, my dad flew an F6 quite a bit. Unfortunately, he uh, had an engine quit on him once, and, and then the second time he had one flip over on him on a, on a brake lockup thing, but he still swore by it. He said it was a hell of an airplane. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, all, both times it was not the airplane's fault, and it wasn't anything else. It was just shoddy maintenance on, on the behalf of the caretakers, I should say. But he was like, that airplane is a Grumman Ironworks, Bethpage, New York. You know, it is the... It is the cornerstone of Grumman technology, that is for sure. And same engine as in a Corsair, about a thousand pounds lighter, and yeah. uh, still a big freaking airplane. It's a know. huge airplane, man. So, well, one of these days, I hope, I really hope you get to fly a Hellcat. I do too. Um, they're sweet airplanes. They they really really are. And uh, so you've been doing air shows now since two thousand five or two thousand six. That's correct. Okay. Do you have a favorite show site? You don't have to say Titusville. They're not <laughs> here. They can't hear you. Oh, shoot. We uh, ask all the tough questions here at Titusville. Well, uh, it, it's hard to say. I have several favorite air show sites. Uh, Titusville is on the list. Yeah, it's a good place. You know, this this feels like home. We've gotten to be here. This is my fourth appearance here at Titusville and uh, three in a row, and I'm very happy for that. Uh, love this place, love the museum, and love the venue and the people that run all this. It's Great people. It's, it's one of the strongest backbones of volunteers I've seen in Warbirds. And if you guys are in central Florida, remember I harp on this, if you want to get involved in Warbirds, volunteering is the key. Do CAF, do your local air museum. This is a cornerstone air museum of Florida. This this museum has been here since, I don't know, the Battle of, the, of Gettysburg. Shit, it's been here for for a really maybe that's a slight overstatement i'm not quite sure so but it's been it's been here a really long time they're always looking for members they're always and they have plenty of aircraft you can cut your teeth on flying and non-flying to hone your skills to either become a maintainer or even a pilot if you meet the qualifications or you can work your way up to the qualifications so with that having been said it's good to know that titusville's on the list but there's got to be another well my favorite military show i've ever done is off at air force base and uh, again, it's the people, it's the venue, it's a it's a wonderful place to fly. But the history of that base is just incredible. I haven't you know, I haven't had the, the pleasure of doing off of, it, uh, SAC for many many years, mm-hmm. and I mean I, I've got a lot of reasons why that's my favorite military venue. And very uh, cool, privileged cool. to get to go back there again this year. Uh, Oshkosh is always a favorite. It's always a headliner, man. Yeah, absolutely. We always love the mecca. We always love the mecca of aviation. That's for sure. So it it was a vacation destination for my family growing up, and uh, it still is. Even though we uh, got a lot of work to do when we go up there, you know, in the past few years and this very year, very much as well. so. Believe me, so. it's it's you know we go up there, but I think we work more during that one week as performers than we do anything else. That's um, true. But you know, I've always told people that if aviation had a heartbeat, that Oshkosh would be the, the heart of it. So if aviation That's had a, a pulse, uh, Oshkosh would be the heart. It really is. It's everything. It's experimental flying. It's warbirds. It's vintage. It's air shows. It's you know. It's where a lot of us young young dudes were able to really grow up and put hair on our chest, for the lack of words. Hell, even some of the girls put hair on their chest. I'm not quite sure. We'll have to ask you about that one too. So, but that's but that's uh, that's one of the show sites that 
Your adrenaline's always running. There's always good crowds. I mean, even on Sunday, there's pretty decent crowds. Oh, yeah. Some of us that fly the, the Sunday troop, man, we, we have more fun on Sunday than we do during the week. So, Right. Because yeah. there's no autograph signing afterwards. It's great. <laughs> Very true. Very but. true. Well, I need to pass the microphone to one of my sponsors who happens to be here this weekend. Just came down to check on his Who's your sponsor? Who's sitting here with your sponsor? This is uh, the uh, owner of North Iowa Air Service. One of the owners of North Iowa Air Service, Mr. Todd Kyle. Uh, he actually owns three FBOs. He's fixing to expand. He has uh, uh, two North Iowa Air Service locations, a Central Iowa Air Service location, and we're working on him opening South of Iowa Air Service which will a hopefully lot of be Iowa, folks. in uh, Silent Springs, Iowa. Arkansas. But we're still working so on the before logistics you pass, of So before you pass the mic, for our listeners out there, social media-wise, how can they see your content? Can you plug your Instagram and your Facebook for me real quick? Uh, sure. So uh, Facebook, we're Yunkin Air Shows. Not to be confused with Matt Yunkin Air Shows, which is some weird page that we got stuck with that has 10 followers. But uh, Yeah, don't go to that just one. Just Yunkin so. Air Shows. Yunkin That's Air where shows. we put all the good stuff. Okay. And uh, yunkinair.com is our website. Perfect. Uh, we're also, yunkinair is, is uh, the Instagram page, I believe. There you go. So all you IG followers, by the way, majority of the folks that follow us are, are social media-ites. That's how we, that's how we promote okay. this. So that's why we're doing this. Oh, it's okay. So, so, oh, okay. On, so it's all one word on, on IG. It's Yunkin Air Shows. Hit it up. See some Twin Beach flying. It's, they've got some, some really good content, folks. So I mean, if you want to, so, but it's. It's it's growing. So, anyways, yeah, pass this off to. Yeah, so it. here here you are. This is North Iowa Air Service, uh, the greatest little place to stop in Northern Iowa. I just Mr. hope. Mr. Todd Kyle. Do they do they have cheap? And you get in. It's kind of windy out, so you're probably gonna have to put the mic uh, close to your close to your face and talk. Well, good evening, but, Scooter. How are you? I'm I'm good, my man. Are you drinking Monkey in Paradise? Uh, I was drinking Monkey in Paradise earlier. Then Matt switched me over to wine. So it's a travesty. Uh, it's so. a travesty, but uh, how do you like big, it? I'm a big vodka drinker. I've been a Tito's man up until now. Well, I'll still be drinking Tito's until you, uh, until Monkey in Paradise uh, Premium Vodka distilled seven times over. Do you Um, do you hear that, Alex? You need to come to Iowa. Until it's sold in the state of Iowa, we're going to still have to be uh, handle our Tito's for you. No, I hear you. Absolutely. I have a good friend with a Twin Beach that can haul it up. You know, by the case, I think. By the case, so we need to go in Arkansas first, Alex. Yes. So, anyways. so you're you're owning FBOs. Do you do you guys do any charter service or anything? We do. We uh, we have charter service from a Lear 45 down to a Piper Navajo, uh, and everything in between. So uh, any any charter operations you need, we can do that for you. So are you guys? Uh, a lot of our a lot of our listeners are in um, like 141, 142 schools, aspiring charter pilots, if you will. They don't want to do airlines. What are you guys looking for in charter pilots? We're segueing away from this, folks, because you guys are asking a lot about employment and in aviation. We have a pilot shortage coming up that is real, and we'll talk about that as the as the year progresses. But um, what are some of the qualities you're looking for in good charter pilots? Well, uh, number one, we're looking people who uh, actually like to fly and uh, are willing to fly almost all the time. Our pilots, we're looking for pilots daily. Our pilots, the... Uh, the big the big thing is is uh, we don't really have a schedule. It's uh, 
you fly when the phone rings, and so it's a reserve type thing. It's it's a reserve. Okay. You're you're basically on call. Which that's charter. I mean, that's that's that's, that's what you do. That, yeah, you don't way know your schedule day to day, but you might be on or off on certain days. You might be on so. or off. You might walk into the office Monday morning, not scheduled for a trip that week, and you flew, and then you fly seven days in a row. Heck, we even had to import a pilot from Arkansas for a couple of trips just to uh, get it covered. And uh, does his name does his name rhyme with Yat Munkin? It would rhyme with the Yat yeah. Munkin. Okay, good. And but it was good because we were flying a beach jet. I don't want to say names here on the podcast, but yeah, so when so. Uh, so when he makes when he makes his radio calls, he calls Twin Beach, and it still works because we're flying a beach jet that night. That's technically a Twin Beach. It so. is technically a Twin Beach. <laughs> so if aspiring pilots want to get in touch with you, what is the easiest way for them to get in touch with you? You can go to our contact, uh, com or email me at todd at com and we can get in touch with you. There you go, guys and girls. If you guys want to be a charter pilot, you want to get some Lear time, you want to get some Twin Beach Jet time, get question mark? Twin Beach Jet time, Lear 45 time. Is he really called a Twin time? Beach? Huh? Does he really call it a Twin Beach? Oh, he did call it a Twin to, Beach a couple times. We're going to we're gonna have to work on that. Absolutely. And we're not going to let him live that down. So. Well, no, we won't let him live that down. But uh, so, now, do you guys do any ag stuff? I know there's a lot of. We ag do in not do life. ag stuff. No, uh, uh, the ag business is a uh, very good business. My grandfather, it was his personal opinion, thought uh, he'll do anything with an airplane except jump out of it and spray with it. So makes sense. What if he was jumping out of it while spraying? That's like a twofer. <laughs> no, he never would have done that. Yeah. Uh, so, but probably not. Uh, but and we're also very supportive of women in aviation. My wife is a pilot. She doesn't Here we go uh, with this theme again, folks. She doesn't. She doesn't fly for work, but she flies our personal Comanche. Nice. She and I took our Comanche to Alaska three years ago. We alternated every leg. She did a phenomenal job, and she also does a. Uh, she also does an indoctrination tour for wi- uh, for wives and girlfriends of our new pilots. Uh, for How what about the, that? That's for what our expectation, or for what the expectations to the wives should be uh, as the wife of a charter pilot, which is the pilots are never around, so don't plan on having a schedule. So they drink a lot. Yes, they do. Well, that's, and they that's have a hell get of a, together. Can I, can I sign up for this in-doc course? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. She would. She would love to school you, Scooter. I'm, I'm she ge- absolutely. I'm gender fluid, so I mean, I can just say I'm a wife. Scooter, she would know how to deal with you because she is a first grade teacher and a former special ed teacher, so she could That's talk one at your level. Higher than my reading level, so she could talk to your level. That's good. Do the does do your guys' ops manuals have pop out pictures? That's how absolutely. I yeah, so that's why I fly Warbirds because I, I got fucking cartoons in them. So. I, I, Did you guys know that? I didn't know if you knew that or not. A lot of the a lot of the Warbird manuals, maintenance manuals, and pilots manuals had cartoons in them because the average. At least for maintainers, the average reading level was a sixth grade reading level. I actually you, did not know that. And how do you get a seventeen or eighteen year old kid to learn about ground runs in a P fifty one, then put a, a cartoon of it on its nose going through the mess hall, going through your your chow hall? That that would be on my education level yeah. as well. So yeah, join the club, dude. Yeah. Especially whenever they tell you that. By the way, the torque of a Mustang propeller. This is the official torque of a Mustang propeller. The main propeller retaining nut. Is you put a 180-pound guy on a four-foot bar. It's page 233 or 230, whatever the hell, whatever page it is. I always show people that because I'm like, guys, this is what you're dealing with. I just want to know where the hell they found a 180-pound guy in 1944. That's what I want That'd to That had been a heavy guy in 1944. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, just find two midgets. You'd probably have that better than mm-hmm. that. So, anyways, can I say that on your way? It's my podcast. I was 180 I pounds, 40 pounds ago, so. There you go. So, you just have to deduct it. So, what we'd have to yeah. do is put you on, like, a three-foot bar. Three-foot yeah, bar. That would go. work. So. 
That'll work. Awesome. Well, so you are you are sponsoring Matt. We are we are sponsoring Matt. Uh, are you, are you guys Matt and I him? got to know each other probably five years ago. His uh, beloved other half actually introduced me to my wife, so she is a because she's from Iowa. Because she's from Iowa, and she's a beloved member of the family. So, yeah, I understand. Uh, so now we we love when Matt brings uh, Robert and Christy up to visit. We're not so sure about Matt, but uh, we right. do love when he flies them up to visit. I understand. So, without further ado, as we get going here, let's pass this to women and absolutely. So, so we have Miss Christy Yunkin. Hi. The reason why we're bringing Christy on here is you have a direct Warbird link. I what do. is what is your job description? I don't mean like your day to day what you do for actual money. I mean like what you do. <laughs> what for, I do for fun. What you do for fun? Yes. I am the logistics coordinator for the commemorative Air Force Red Tail Squadron. So is that another Mustang? It is another Mustang. We do a lot of shows together. Red Tail. We do actually. Yeah, like so. we're going to do Beaufort here in a few weeks. Oh, we should so. do another podcast. I, well, I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be with Matt. Then we're not going to do another podcast. No. You so. can do one. And you so you're a pilot as well. I am. I am. And you got your license in a uh, Cherokee 140 that Todd has. Good airplane. Yeah, I was. So you're Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of so here we go doing this. So do you do you have aspirations of flying warbirds now? Uh, I do. Okay. I really do. Uh. I've flown the beach, so I've got that. And so, uh, as we heard earlier, you're going to get checked out in, in a twin Comanche here soon. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm almost ready for my multi-engine check ride. I just need to suck it up and get it done. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Well, and, you know, I was looking on the calendar, and there's an anniversary coming up. There is, and you married us three years ago in, like, two and a half weeks. I did. I was the pastor at your wedding. I that's know. what's And, and no, before you guys email me, I'm not fucking being your pastor at a wedding. I'm one for one. These people are gonna. These people are gonna. These people are gonna like live forever together. We are. And you're yeah, the lucky child. And uh, I'm staying one for one. Yeah. That's, so me too. I'm one for one with Todd and Laura over there, here. There you and go. I'm done matchmaking. One and done. So that's it. Yep. I like it. Thank you for being our pastor. You're amazing. Anytime. Anytime. I was on the runway at Key West. Exactly. How many people can say that they, they got married on the runway at Key West? I mean, come on. I only know one people. I know. So. Me too. But Pretty that's awesome. cool. So. So you're doing logistics for Redtail. How many shows are you guys doing for Redtail this year? Uh, we try to do about 30, 35-ish. <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot. But see, it's not just the Mustang. So we have a traveling exhibit. So it's called the Rise mm-hmm. Above Traveling Exhibit. We tell we have a movie. It's an inspirational movie for kids all about how they can rise above adversity in their own lives. Like the Tuskegee So what's the Airmen movie did. about? I mean, it's... It's about the Tuskegee Airmen. So right now, that's that's our, our primary focus. But here at Oshkosh, we're going to debut uh, women air service pilots. So Ooh, cannot we, wait. We did a, yeah, we did a little kind of teaser reel thing at all ICAST in December. All the lovely ladies of the wasps. Right? So whoop, whoop, because I'm all about women in aviation. So Seems I think to be it's, the theme. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it is a theme. We're, we're I'm all about it. We need, we need more chicks in this industry. Absolutely. So, so right now, our, our focus is uh, all about the Tuskegee Airmen and how kids can apply that to their lives. Like, hey, you can uh, rise above any obstacles you've got. You can you can be whatever you want to be. And same thing with the women's stuff when that comes out. Absolutely. Be, you know, you know so out of, the, out, of, out of the wasp, you know, 1,074 actually made it through training in Sweetwater, Texas, and flew yes. everything from PTs all the way up through B-29s and all the fighters. They exactly. They flew all the fighters. Everything. And people don't realize that. But they would get out of a B-29 and walk over to a P-51, yeah. and they would ferry it across the country. A lot of times, even they would ferry them with wooden wheels because they were saving rubber yes. for the for the uh, uh, war effort. Yeah, and that's that just wild? the kind of stuff that like you don't hear about. You don't read about. No. And it's these cool. chicks like B. Hey Do and yeah, Florence. Yeah, B is amazing. I love B. is an awesome chick. She was at Titusville a couple years ago. I, I got to know her here. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
She might drag us under the table, but I mean, as long (laughs) as it's as long as it's monkey in paradise, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't know if she drank that, but and seven times carbon filtered, (laughs) sir. Yes, that's right for your pleasure. But uh, anyways, so the wasp thing—that's really great that you guys included them in it because their story is one that really needs to be told. Exactly, it's amazing. Um, Just like the Tuskegee Airmen, most people didn't know what they did, and so being able to share that, and now that that's been out there for several years. Being able to expand on what we're doing and say, hey, yep. see, women, guess what, girls? You can be whatever you want to be. So that, that is I'm really excited about that side. You know, all the all the men of the 99th Fighter Group, which was then rolled into the, the 332nd Fighter Group, yep. um, those guys, you know, they flew way more missions than the white pilots. Uh you know they they did all they did all the dirty work and they became one of the most requested squadrons. They did, which is amazing. You know, part of the 15th Air Force, which is the southern portion of of uh, uh, of the European theater. They did a lot in Italy, and they were yeah. based they were based in you know Remitali for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, but yes, they deserve they deserve all the credit for for everything that they did for their uh, for the Mustang community especially. Yes. Um, but that's cool. You guys are doing that. You got, and how many pilots do you guys have flying Redtail now? We've got six pilots right now. So. That's a lot. That's five more than Quicksilver has. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So it's good. It's it's like herding cats. That's my job. Herding six pilots. So I do not know, envy you. With yeah, me either. I try. With, I try to herd one pilot. And that's right? myself. It's I, can't hard, even I know. Do that, I, so. I used to do that with Matt. And that was hard enough. And now so you guys are doing thirty some odd air shows. You guys we are traveling yeah. exhibits. We do. Um, that is just. That is a massive undertaking, and thank it you is. very much to the Commemorative Air Force, which, by the way, yes. you guys are looking for volunteers. Oh, my gosh, yes. So definitely reach out to the Commemorative Air Force. I mean, you can join the, the group at large. You can join different squadrons. Find one in your area. So there if somebody wants of... to volunteer for the Red Tail Squadron, let's say we're not exactly Midwest-based, yeah. but they can still volunteer for the squadron and follow them around in their in their district, correct? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So email volunteer at redtail.org. We've got a huge volunteer base. We actually did our first volunteer ground school here just a couple weeks ago down in Dallas. Um, We've got a great group. So if you're looking to do something, we send out emails like, hey, we're going to be in your area. If you want to come out to an air show, you know, we'll get you into the air show. We'll teach you what to do, you know, play with the Mustang, play with the exhibit. You know, it's just it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to get involved. I hear you. So you heard the question I asked Matt. That is our that is our that is our air power podcast. (laughs) Let's get to know you deeply. And I knew his answer before you even finished. The I question. knew I knew it before I asked it <laughs> I because know. I mean him and I always so when we're drinking like we are right now and smoking cigars in a <laughs> in a hotel parking lot at an air show like we do every weekend that we're together, uh, like brothers do I should say. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Hellcat always somehow comes up in a conversation it's his as favorite. it should because it's a nice airplane. Absolutely. And it's a warbird and yep. it's a fighter, so it's <laughs> like two plus two equals five or some shit. I don't I know. know. But. I know. What is your pick? Remember, you can't fly again. Okay, if I can never history, fly again, is mine it? is a TBM Avenger because it's beefy. It's got the folding wings. I mean, it's just, it's cool. You're the only person that's ever said TBM Avenger. Really? You are. Rock on, man. You are. I mean, I love Mustangs. Don't it's get because me wrong. you want to put the family in it, too, though. You want to put the family that, right? and all your wine and all your monkey in paradise. Right? It's just like flying the Robert Twin Beach. And all his, by that's the way, <laughs> congrats why. on, you know, we haven't had you on the podcast yet, yeah, but congrats on a beautiful, healthy son. Thank you. He's amazing. Named Robert, who there is no <laughs> doubt ever in my mind that Matt is his is his father. He's a little mini Matt. He's a mini Matt. When he looks at you, you look and you're like, "Holy shit, you're a youngkin." <laughs> that's that's. There There's is, no doubt yeah, about there it. There is there is no there is no Christy anywhere. No, in I know it's so sad. He yeah. narrated. Is it Matt's, yours? Uh, I'm I'm wondering if okay. I wouldn't have been there so. for the the whole birthing process, I wouldn't would, be so sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. 
Excellent. No, he narrated Matt's entire night show tonight, which was hysterical. So that he and Danny awesome. bonded because, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's trying to cue me in and what I'm supposed to say. And, and, he just, and how old is young Robert? He is almost a year and a half. Not Ooh, quite. Good doggies. That's yeah. a fun years right there. He is. He's a So blast. that's good. So he is doomed from the start. He is. <laughs> he already I thinks mean, he knows how to fly the Twin Beach. He, he flew can, us here. So. He can already lie to his friends and tell him he wants to be a stockbroker. <laughs> right. We all know what he's going to be when he grows up. He's totally going to be a pilot. <laughs> he's going to be a pilot. <laughs> Uh, in some way, shape, or form, yep. and that's great. He's got he's got two great genes, and <laughs> so a TBM Avenger. I know. I just a single love engine B twenty five. Really? Yeah. I just I don't know what it is about them. They've been my favorite airplane for a long time. Now, wait so a if minute. I had to pick one, no way to hang on here. Okay, I on. shouldn't say that. Not my favorite no, 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 airplane. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Your husband's a Pratt man. I know. And you can fly a Pratt. For it's a point of contention. Right. <laughs> like it is. It is. I mean, I've, I've flown the Twin Beach. I love it. It's amazing. I've flown a Mustang. I, I can't count it because I didn't take off and land. I got to, I'll count it. I got to fly it around a little bit, which okay. was a pretty funny story. But anyway, I mean, I would love to actually for real fly a Mustang. But if I had to end it all, it would be a TBM, and then I could hang it up. I hear, yeah. You know? Okay. I, I, I respect that. A TBM. I pick something. And, you know, here's the thing. The TBM is one of those underappreciated warbirds it is. for for what it for what it can do. The old the old turkey is a For real. And yeah, they're all TBMs, they're not TBFs. Yeah. So I wish we had more more uh more actual Grumman Avengers. But yep. um not like there's a flipping difference, just a letter identification at the end of it. <laughs> well there's some differences. Cool. But so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um so as so in your career, in your aviation career, who has been your inspiration? Who's been your I should say who is your the person you look up to and be like, I want to be like them. Uh, Doug Rosendahl. <laughs> that's a that, well, that's a good one because you know Rosie has has been around. He's flown a lot of guys. He's a big advocate for safety. Yeah. Uh, fellow colleague of mine, Mustang he's, guy, he's he flies me. everything under the sun. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's one of my red tail pilots. He's one, he's one of the cats that I have to herd. I hope he doesn't listen to this because his has, his head will get a little bit big. But he he is my inspiration. I mean, he he helps push me and and. He's a wonderful gentleman. He and, is, and, and have, he can fly the, anything. It's, I have it's, the pleasure to call him friend. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that I always look forward to seeing at, at any aviation event. Yeah. Uh, so he really got me into aviation. And he's kind of like Todd. the Morgan Freeman of warbirds because <laughs> he he's got that rawr, voice. Rawr, 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 and, yeah, I mean, like literally, literally, he could, <laughs> he could, yeah, he could. <laughs> no, everybody has a Doug voice, and he lives going to talk about Doug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's yeah. the deal. Learning, learning did not occur. Yeah, learning. So. What is the definition of learning? That's right. So we but love with him. that. But thank you all for for coming on on Air Power tonight. It's well, been thank a, you for having it's been us. An absolute pleasure. It's been it's an absolute been pleasure. Do, Graham, do you want to come on and talk about this? Here, we're gonna we're gonna pass it to Graham. So we'll, we're gonna we're we're just passing this around the table. All of us, by the way, are are, are warbirds in some way, shape, or form. They're all doing it, Graham. Known you for a long time, my man. Now I know you. Now I know you as a Hilo guy. I am. I am. I'm uh, the director of maintenance for the Army Aviation Heritage Foundation. But I got. Are into you guys looking for volunteers? Absolutely. We okay, have. so that's what we're doing. We're trying to get as many folks. Where it's like, okay, I want a pathway to warbirds. I tell them volunteers the number one way to go. Army Aviation Heritage Foundation. You guys are based in in Terra Field in Atlanta, Hampton, Georgia. Georgia, right next yep. to Atlanta Motor Speedway. We are, uh, which uh, is like my second home these days. It seems like so. <laughs> Yeah, we hope to see you up there for all the you and Buck up there soon. Um, well, I'm coming up for a different reason, my man. We're going <laughs> to talk about that in a second. So, uh, we're a volunteer-based organization. Uh, we have uh, volunteer pilots, uh, mostly you know Vietnam and recent conflicts. Uh, helicopter side of the house, which is confusing for some of these warbird guys, but yeah, we, but it's different because here's the thing. You know, when we say warbirds, it's 
almost like a, for the lack of words, a, a gender neutral or a genre neutral thing because we have trainers, we have fighters, we have bombers, we have transport liaison. We also have helicopters, and you guys are the largest helicopter warbird-based organization, I think, pretty much in the world. You guys have Hueys and Cobras. Yeah, we have Hueys and Cobras. Um, we have three chapters right now. Uh, we have one in Mesa, Arizona. They have a Cobra out there, and then we have a chapter up in St. Louis. They have a 58 and a UH-1 that they're bringing up to flying. Very cool. Um, you Do you guys have any OH-6s, any, any killer eggs? We would love to have. We have a if few, anybody, but if not If anybody has a killer one. egg, donate it. Yes, yes, please. We would yes, love donations. A, it's a, essentially a Hughes 500. It's a, a loach, for the, for the lack of words. But it's they're really cool. As a fellow air boss that we all know and love, uh, Wayne Boggs was yep. a door gunner on a loach in yep. Vietnam. And, uh, and they're just really cool, really cool hel- helicopters. But it's really cool what you guys do. You guys, you guys really do an excellent, excellent job of maintaining history and maintaining authenticity, if you will, from a Vietnam standpoint. Well, the way we look at it, uh, we, we look at the next Warbird war war <laughs> oh, movement. Oh, talking about Warbirds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> will be the Vietnam side of the house. And there's uh, several other entities that are bringing up F-4s, A-4s, Sky Raiders, O-2s. And that's going to be the next movement into... Mohawks. Mohawks. Mohawks, that's right. And, my specialty. So, <laughs> so but that's our, our big push. Uh, we do rides, uh, we do air shows, we do demos. But I cut my teeth many moons ago on World War II stuff and round engine stuff, uh, PBYs, DC3s, T6s. Now you're also like you're also A and P qualified. Are, are yes, you sir. an IA as well? Um, uh, working on it. Working on it. So you're an A and P. You're going to be an IA soon. You maintain lots of lots of these rare aircraft. Anything from Apparently a twin beach this weekend to all the way up to, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hueys and Cobras. And you know them very well. And you you guys are doing a hell of a job. And uh, I was speaking with your leader at NWOC. And uh, I don't know what what we're going to do with that Mohawk. But apparently I'm going to come on and try to help you all out a little bit. That'd be great. And uh, the the OV Ugly needs some love. So we'll give (laughs) give it some yoke loving. Um, which is a uh, we'll, we'll have a mohawk cast one of these days, and all ten listeners will love it because no one wants to know about a mohawk. But um, that's cool that you guys can you guys are, are maintaining that level or that that niche of warbirds because I mean there's fewer sounds out there. I mean everybody everybody knows a, a radial sound. Lots of folks know a V12 sound. Our whole generation knows the wop wop guinea guinea of a two bladed uh, two bladed Huey. Yeah, and so do our fathers. And so do our uncles, and you know the the whole apocalypse now generation. When you guys come in, my father's ev- a Vietnam veteran. There you go, yeah. and thank you for his service. And yeah. please pass but that along. He worked but on Sky Raiders. I'll be so. damned. Well, there you go. So now you were also in the service. No, you were not in the service. No, okay, I, I thought you were my my uh, Just uh, loved warbirds. Always been a thing. My dad got it in, into me at a very young age, like many of us, and. Uh, just had the opportunity at the yeah. right time in the right place that somebody gave me a chance and it's built and guys that's that's really what we're what we're about here is opportunities and many of the opportunities you can get through volunteer organizations like right. the army aviation heritage foundation uh red tail organization caf caf yeah all we those, do a lot of stuff groups. with caf yeah. we do you know whoever very it's, cool it's man all about volunteers so if people want to learn more about uh, uh your organization where do they go to find that armyav.org 
Um, it says everything on there. You can join. You can find stuff out. It has phone numbers you can call. All that stuff. We need Mohawk volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> all ten people are not going to sign up for that. So, um, but yeah, that's and that's that's a it's a really awesome niche. Really looking forward to seeing you guys fly this weekend. I know you're here with the with the black and red group here, but uh, uh, it really. Well, look- I've got some new mechanics. They're on board. Uh, we do so many shows a year that. They're out there doing their thing. I'm just kind of here overseeing them from a distance and spending some time with some good friends and family, yep. I guess is what it what, is. What, if I may ask, and, and so we can put this out there publicly, I'm sure they can find it on your website, but what do they charge for a Huey ride? To be honest, I don't know what they're charging this okay. weekend. Yeah. Um, it's usually between $75, $80. Uh, we can take 10 people at a time, and I believe the Cobra is... 300 to 500 yeah and you get to sit in the front seat right in the front yeah one person yeah Um, and it's giddy uh, up 300 to 500 depending on the time either yeah i hear you yeah so very cool well guys look them up that's it we always like to try to keep these these podcasts about 45 minutes coming up on 48 minutes graham oh i don't get the the, favorite airplane question fuck all right fine what's your Oh, I didn't get it either. No, we. This is. I mean, this is Yunkin Cast, but I would like to know, and we'll we'll pass it on. Okay, no, Yunkin Cast. That's fine. It's the Yunkin Cast. It's it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll pass along. I don't want to discriminate now. And everybody said, "Hey, look, we wanted to know what the the Iowa dude said." I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to get hate mail, and if you guys do have hate mail, please send it to airpowerpodcast at gmail dot com. I'll probably ignore it. So, (laughs) but if you do have, but if you do have uh, future. aspirations for who you who you want to see on the podcast please email us let us know give us more ideas most of the time i'm just going to grab random dudes at parking lots and chicks because apparently we're all about chicks and aviation so anyways one airplane from history doesn't matter doesn't matter the logistics but uh you're going to fly any airplane in history what's it going to be well i cut my teeth on uh i cut my teeth on a pby 5a that's the first aircraft i ever worked on classy son of a bitch down in uh tamiami airport it was owned by you a see, Delta Christy, that has that has prats on it yeah so ah, not this one this was a super cat it had rights on it oh that's okay. <laughs> oh, you're automatically not my favorite person anymore but uh <laughs> since then i've had the opportunity to work on some albatrosses and widgeons and and just a i'm a boat guy We're going the flying boat route i like this i like this route. and uh uh Two years ago, I guess, was the the Mars came to uh, Oshkosh. And How cool is that? We did the tour cool with a good that? friend of mine, and, man, that would be. So the, the Martin op- Mars. Yeah. The yeah, Martin but Philippine Mars. or Hawaiian Mars? The Hawaiian, the one painted up in the Navy colors. Damn right. I was we, we had booked rooms and everything for when they were supposed to bring it to Pensacola and watch it fly into Pensacola, and it was go, supposed to go to the museum, and that was just going to be, like, it. That was going to be the yeah. top of the line. But. Yeah, that four, it's always four forty man. Yeah. It's always been a thing for me to just those are Pratt's Christy. flying boats. Yeah, so. I've always liked the flying boats. I've got to work on some really cool airplanes, but the albatrosses and the mallards and everything living in Miami was a really cool. That's a, that's a unique that's a unique way to grow up is is with the with the flying boat community. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work on several albatross, yeah. and they're just they're just a cool airplane. Cool airplane. Man. They're just a really cool airplane. Yeah, so that 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 would be my thing right there. 
I dig it. I yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good. Maybe it's, it's a, a go somewhere. We could load it up with. We could load up this entire parking lot and go somewhere. Yeah, and, and yeah. You know, I mean, look at all the monkey vodka we could take with us too. You hear that, Alex? We need <laughs> we need a Mars. Seven times distilled. And seven times carbon filtered. Yes. So, all right, Todd didn't get the question. We and and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get questions or comments on this. So, so you've heard you've you've heard the stipulations. You're never going to fly again. You're going to fly one airplane from history. No doubt about it, the B-25 Mitchell. Good one. Good one. Grew up as a huge Jimmy Doolittle we fan. We got two of those here this weekend. Two of them here this weekend. Beautiful airplanes. That's the one I'd give my left arm to fly. Well, you'd need both arms in order to fly it. Oh, I know. I would need be, that, but yeah. not after I was done. That's right. You wouldn't need both arms. After not after I was done, but no, <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's the one on my bucket list. Yeah, the B-25 is one of those airplanes that... You know, great North American product. Um, it, they're just—they sound so cool. They, they almost sound better on the ground than they do in the air. But uh, but they're but they're one of those airplanes that, whenever it goes by, everybody knows. Like you said, everybody knows the Raiders. Everybody knows all that stuff. And you know, they they actually flew well into the fifties. A lot of mm-hmm. folks don't know. I mean, especially they made it turned them into TB twenty fives, and then they turned them into you know uh, executive transports. And then even some oil companies used them as essentially the first citations, for the lack of words. And uh, to this day, they still emulate that classic World War II line. And uh, and not only that, they can haul a heck of a amount of Monkey in Paradise vodka. You hear that, Alex? Se- you need to be seven times too. distilled. Yes, and seven times carbon filtered and for your pleasure. Seven That's times right. carbon filtered, but not Sorry. sold in Iowa. Oh, God, here, here we go. I'm gonna get shit for this all night. Yeah, this is what the, when I when this podcast when this podcast turns off, all I'm gonna hear all night is how is how we are not in Iowa or Arkansas. By the way, did you read what it's made from? I did not. Corn. Not corn. It is corn. It is corn. We're gluten free. We're the same as Tito's. Excellent. That's right. That's right. The best beef is Iowa corn-fed beef, and the best vodka is corn vodka. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well, so there you have it, folks. We just interviewed literally an entire fucking parking lot um, of of Warbird folks, which is this is what we do. So everybody always wonders, like, what do we do when we're done at the air shows? Well, you just listen to it. Literally, no shit, if there wasn't a, a microphone in our face, this still would have occurred. By the way, speaking of microphones in my face, we now have a, we now have a website. Not only are we on Buzzsprout and all the other uh, Google-powered uh uh, podcast. We're still on iTunes, but we also have airpowerpodcast.com if you guys want to go back and, and revisit all the shenanigans that happened tonight or, or anything else. Come on board. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and all these other uh, Google-powered podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys. Well, we're probably going to record one tomorrow night, and then I'll release it uh, later later in, in the week because I, I promised you guys we are going to do tons of content, and we'll bring you a whole new group of folks tomorrow night. Hell, I might even bring in the same group tomorrow night. This is kind of fun. Uh, and just rename everybody and give them uh, give them female names. So, anyways, uh, we will talk to you guys later. Thanks for showing up.